Hey, welcome back to Be You. It's Jill. And if you're a new listener, I'm really excited that you're here with me. And this is an interesting interview if you're a new listener to join us on because it's not typical of us to talk about business. Um, I have a real interest in business. I have a history of growing a business. And I actually had a spinoff channel of BU about business, but we don't talk about it very much on here. And I, one reason we don't is because I have found that really you show up in business the way you show up in life and how you do business is how you do everything. And if you and I talk about peeling the layers back and finding the real us, everything we do benefits, including and probably especially any business we're a part of. So we don't really need to talk about business much to affect your business. And I know many of you have shared with me that your businesses have grown and your lives have improved because of the work we've done on BU. Well, today we are going to continue in that theme and talk a little bit more specifically about women who want to succeed in business, who want to do well in business, who want to make a lot of money. They're not afraid to say that, or maybe they are afraid to say it and they want to get more comfortable saying that. And here's the caveat. They want to do it in the BU style, which is doing it authentically, doing it without the hustle and grind, doing it without selling out, doing it being yourself. Those of you listening who have that desire, and I think it's probably all of us listening, this is the episode for you. So I am very selective about who I invite to be on this show. And I found someone amazing for you. There are so many business coaches out there and there are so many women who are hugely successful in business and successful in making money. And I chose Jen Kennedy because she's also successful in the way I just described, which is what aligns with this podcast and this community. She does it without the hustle and the grind. She does it with healthy boundaries. She does it while enjoying her life, taking breaks, having rest, enjoying and playing and having fun in life. And also having so much abundance and creating so much abundance, working hard, but doing it in a way that aligns with health, in a way that aligns with a healthy, grounded way of living. So let me tell you about Jen. Jen Kennedy is a former elementary school teacher. Interestingly enough, guys, she was just a teacher three years ago. And she's now an online presence, an online coach. And her business is a multi-million dollar business. We talk about it in the episode, but I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag in case you're thinking about not listening. This past year, her business brought in well over a million dollars. And just three years ago, she was an elementary school teacher. She is here to shift the worldly dynamics for women and money. Her work as a business and money mentor is to help women live in their full power, make an abundance of money, and create the life of their dreams, all by leading a life of impact. Through various programs, experiences, and retreats, Jen guides women to activate and align into who they are meant to be and run businesses their own way while having a lot of fun doing it. You're going to love this conversation with Jen. She is so warm, so down to earth, so real, so approachable. And she is doing things that most people would say are impossible. And that's why I wanted her to speak to you. So here we are with Jen with two N's. If you want to check her out while you're listening, J-E-N-N Kennedy. Here's Jen Kennedy. There is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap. 
so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Okay, so here I am actually sort of in person uh, with the Jen Kennedy. So Jen, welcome to Be You. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Jill. I'm so excited to be here. I am too, and I can feel that you're excited. I really appreciate that. So I already shared with everybody what I think of you, um, but I will tell you now that we are face-to-face. I said this to you before, but I'll say again that you just just radiate goodness. You really do. You radiate mm-hmm. honesty and you know, authenticity is a word that everyone uses, but it's a great word. So authenticity and love and but super like down to earth. And I just found out you're a Midwestern girl. That might be some of it. Um, but even though I don't really know much about you, I know you. Like I knew I was drawn to you. I know I'll probably work with you one day. I knew I wanted you in front of these amazing women. We have women all over the world from so many different cultures. I don't even know how they found our podcast. And I would describe the woman in BU as, although we come from different cultures and different age groups and different backgrounds, they're drawn to this podcast because, well, we're like you. I mean, we're very real. We don't sugarcoat things. I always say we're not here to get our hair done. I mean, we dig into tough mm-hmm. stuff. We talk about really uncomfortable things. We have conversations that a lot of our friends are afraid to have or that we secretly want to have. We're really open, you know, learning about everything from spirituality to personal growth, but none of us want to be in a box. And you're the very first business conversation we've ever had. I'm honored. Yeah, which I know it's going to be deeper than that and bigger and wider than that, but I'm excited for that. So thank you for being here. And I would love for you to catch me up since I just went with my heart and my gut and them. (laughs) on you and your who you are and how did you get to be this coach and what's your career? Oh my gosh. First off, thank you for all of that love. That is so received, so received and so felt. And so thank you for that. Oh my gosh, where do I start, Jill? Where, where, how did I get here? How did I get here? So Midwest, Midwestern girl at, at my heart and my soul. You know, I was born and raised in Michigan. And I had this feeling most of my life that I just wanted to help people. Right. I just wanted to help people. That was just my upbringing. I just wanted to help people. I was good at it. I would walk into a room. I could help people. And back, you know, when I was growing up, the two ways in which I knew how to help people were becoming a nurse or becoming a teacher. Like those were the options, right? Like way, way back when those were the options. And I, I don't think I'd have good bedside manner. And so I, and I love children. So I decided to go to the teacher route and they just little kids just light up your soul. So. Went the teacher route. I became a teacher in um, an amazing school district. Became a kindergarten teacher. I taught for eight and a half years. So I did kindergarten first, second grade, a special education research room teacher and interventionist. And very quickly when I became a teacher, I realized that I wanted to help more people. I didn't want to just help a class of children or you know an entire grade of children. I wanted to help more, more people. And so at the time, I knew what I knew, which was go back to school, get a master's degree, get an ed specialist degree and become a principal because then you can help an entire school versus just a classroom. So I did just that. You know, I, I got my my two postgraduate degrees and my my dream was to climb up the educational ladder, if you will. And there were so many stories like, you know, climb up the ladder, the the more that you work, the longer that you do it, the more successful that you are. But in my gut and in my soul was this like whisper in this story of like, there's something more, there's something more, there's something more. And I would go home and tell my husband, like, there's something more. And he was like, well, maybe you'll be a superintendent. And I was like, that's definitely not it. Like, I know that she's like, like, maybe you'll do this. I'm like, that's definitely not it. Because all of it was in the box of education. Yeah. And then one day I was at the gym. I used to do, my husband and I used to compete in CrossFit. We were really big into fitness and nutrition. And all these women started asking me for help, which is not abnormal. All these women started asking me for help. And I just started helping them. They're like, how do you eat? What do you, you know, what do you eat? And, you know, women were coming up to me telling me that they had a bad relationship with food, that they were binging, that they were afraid to eat carbs or whatever it was. And I just started helping women with what I knew to be true about fitness and nutrition and started a fitness and nutrition, really more of a nutrition coaching business. And when I started it, I told my husband, like, this is, this is what's next. And I, had a decision to make, which was leave the education system that I had two postgraduate degrees in eight and a half years, like the best school district in Michigan, you know, leave that and pursue this life of freedom and abundance and helping people in other ways or stay on the path. And so I did the crazy thing. 
Now, this was 2019 in Michigan, and there were not many. I mean, you're in the Midwest. There's not many entrepreneurs in the Midwest. There's not too many people doing it their way. You know, the Midwest way is very much get a job, climb up the ladder, have a kid, a couple kids, you know, have a house, whatever it is, and then just just retire. And so I was definitely an oddball, you could say, in the Midwest. People were kind of looking at me like, why are you doing this? And so I left left teaching went all in on being an entrepreneur. And then back in when COVID hit, my business kept growing and growing and growing. And a lot of people were like, how are you doing this? And I knew that it was because I was doing business in a different way. I was doing business in my way. I was doing business in alignment, spiritually rooted. And so I closed the door to that business. And then I opened up the doors to what it is that I do now. And for the first time in my life, I haven't sat here to be like, wait, there's something more. There's something more. Like I know that I'm home right where I'm at and right where I'm meant to be. And get to help women build businesses and make a lot of money and live the most extraordinary life. That is such a great story. <laughs> I'm not going to make Thank it about you. me because I tend to do that sometimes. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of me. After the show, I'm going to tell you because my <laughs> listeners already know how similar our story is. It's crazy. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear okay, it. I was the nurse, by the way, who said there's more. Oh, I mean, it's so similar. Oh my gosh, um, okay. so good. Okay, so there's so many things I want to ask you. The first thing I wanted to ask you was... We don't have to understand everything, but why do you think you were a teacher for as long as you were? I think that you were in a great school district with a lot of degrees and you were great at it because it was going to take a lot for you to say no to that, to really step into this. I think that's why it wasn't like you were just a teacher that was like, "Eh," you know, Mm -hmm. but why do you think you were a teacher for so long and not something else before Mm. going into this? Well, that's such a good question. I've never, I haven't thought about that. You know, I... I definitely teaching is my superpower. It's what I do every day in my business. You know, I believe that teaching and the integration that teaching is really what changes our lives. And so I, I think that I was there to kind of perfect my craft, if you will, or even, you know, begin my craft in teaching. I also was, when you said that it was perfect because I loved my job. I didn't want to leave it. Like it was so hard for me to leave being a teacher. Like I cried so hard my last day because I love those kids. I love that family, but. I, I got to a point where I actually realized... So it's elementary. So K through four building. And I was working in the school with the lowest achieving students. Like the bottom 10% of the school is what is what they label as children who struggle in school. And I was also tutoring after school because it's not new news that teachers don't make a lot of money. So I was tutoring after school. And what was interesting was I was tutoring the kids that I used to... That used to be in the school. And I was tutoring a bunch of girls. But the girls never struggled in school. And so I was like, why are these girls going to fifth, sixth, seventh grade and they're starting to struggle in school? So I'd sit with the girls and I tutored so many of them. And I very quickly realized like, you're not having a hard time with learning. You're having a hard time with your self-worth and knowing who it is that you are, which then is getting in the way of learning. And so in those times, and this was a hard pill to swallow... I, you know, I went home to my husband and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm the great teacher. I still stay in contact with so many of my, my first couple years of students. They all follow me on Instagram. You know, like I'm still in contact with the parents. I'm like, you know, I'm the teacher that everybody loves, you know, and then stay in contact with like, I'm everyone's favorite teacher. But the, the impact that I'm making in these kids' lives is for such a short amount of time. And the impact that I really desire to make in people's lives is like depth and really changing it. And so it was kind of that moment that I realized you're meant for a deeper level of impact, not exactly what it is that you're doing now. So I also think that that experience showed me the impact that I really desire to make in people's lives versus teaching a kid how to read. Because to be honest, like a lot of teachers can teach a kid how to read. Yeah, right. Okay, two things I'm thinking of. So one is you had to be super good at it and have a great job and have all of that to have to make the decision to walk away, to step into something so big, right? We already said that. The other thing is, I just realized when you were talking that the codependent in me at first was like, oh no, it'd be hard to leave all those kids because they need you, right? But when you just said what you said, Jen, I realized something you've probably already realized. But I thought to myself, you know what? Right now, I could see I could cry. That's why I know I'm supposed to say this. Mm. The impact you're making on women right now is impacting their children and their future children. So you're actually right now helping more children than you were able to help as a teacher. And you walked away and the codependent in me wants to say abandoned those struggling kids who needed you. And think of all those women who haven't even had children yet. 
their children will be raised differently because of the work you're doing with them. Mm. Thank you for reflecting that that back. And that's been such a big part of my entrepreneurial journey is like I I know the generational impact. Right. Not only for, you know, my husband and I don't have kids yet. I don't know if you can count our two crazy dogs as children, but we don't have children yet, you know, but we've got, I've got two amazing nephews. And then, you know, so many of the women I work with have children. And it's like the work that we do as women, as entrepreneurs, it's so much deeper than just making money this week or this month or this year. You know, what we do, the work that we do, who we shift and evolve into literally changes the generation. So thank you for, for bringing that to me. Yeah. And I'm glad I said it too, because for everyone listening, I've talked to so many women who are, I don't, first of all, I don't think everyone needs a coach. I think the best coaches will say, actually, you don't need me. You deserve me. Mm-hmm. I think a lot 100%. of women listening, I'm glad they heard me say that because many times they're hesitant to get help, to get coaching, to get someone like you in their life. And they use their child sometimes as an excuse. Well, I need that money for this. Or they don't realize the impact, the work you're going to do with them. First of all, we'll get in in a minute to the fact that you're not just a business coach, right? But your coaching with them is going to make them a better mother. It is going to impact the way they interact with their children or their future children. And I I know that for sure. Absolutely. So that leads to the second question that came to me, which is a pretty obvious one. But, you know, you talked about, I don't remember the word you used, Jen. You didn't use the word conscious, but you were alluding to something I already know about you. But you were alluding to the fact that you're coaching, you were doing the health coaching and the wellness coaching, and then you realized, no, 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 I want to go deeper. But we didn't hear, how did that happen? Like, where did Mm. that come from? Where you're so aligned with a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast. I personally will say the more, the crunchier stuff, you know, the the stuff that is not (laughs) as linear and as predictable and as common. So what happened? How did that occur? So I was running my business, if you will, in a way in which people were telling me to run my business. You know, like this is what it is that you do. You've got this type of business model, you do it this way. And it was very like copy and pasteable. Like you've got this, it costs this much, you've got this, and it costs this much, and you've got this and this, and then you funnel people in. And it was very much this big complex way of doing life and doing business. And in all of that, I found myself getting further and further and further away from the reason why I chose to be an entrepreneur and the different ways that I've chose to be an entrepreneur, which was the connection of our heart and really shifting, like really truly changing from the inside first and then from the outside. So I found myself looking at numbers, looking at, you know, how many leads I could have, how many people went into this funnel, how many people went into that funnel. And I found myself creating a program that covered everything and it kind of went surface level. It was like, let me teach you everything that I can possibly teach you about building a business in 12 weeks. And throughout the program, I was like, it just doesn't feel like I I know that it should feel. And so I actually, this was about a year ago. So February of 2021, I had built a beautifully successful business in 2020. It was like just a beautifully successful, like blew me away business. And excuse me, Jen, I just want to interject to make sure I'm clear and they're clear. That business was was business coaching. You were showing women how to create an online business. It wasn't a wellness-focused business. It was... Okay, Yep. got it. Yep, 100%. So I built this beautifully successful business, right? And I had a a playbook, if you will, in how to create last year, a million-dollar business last year. I had this huge playbook. And I sat there February of last year and I looked at my husband. I'm like, I don't want to run these plays. I'm like, the work that I do is like, it's just this surface level focus on the numbers. I'm like, that's not why I do what I do. I do what I do to connect with people at the core. I do what I do for them to remember their truth, to rise into their power. And I can't do this in a way. So actually a year ago, I burned the entire business down. I canceled. I, I Every program that I created that built me the, the success that I had to that point, I literally just like burned it to the ground. I had a team of, of three people, if you count my husband and myself. And I looked at my team and I was like, all right, guys, I burned everything down. We're never running any of those programs again. And um, you ready? And they're like, well, what are we going to do? And I was like, I don't know. Mm. We're going we're to have fun. We're going to create magic and we're going to change people's lives at a completely different level. And they all were like, 
okie dokie. Like, and the only thing that I knew, and I just had trust and faith that everything that I desired last year was going to come to existence. I just, just knew it. I was like, I am not scared to burn this down. Like I know that so much magic is going to come and I need space and I need to become, and I literally burned the entire business down and just started. And so all of last year, I was just, I was literally just creating magic. I was creating what felt good in the moment. And, you know, we had the most extraordinary year as a result. Yeah. And it's funny because it could sound to someone like you were just sort of willy-nilly throwing stuff out the wall. And that's not what you're saying. You you were just saying, I really don't know, but you had such wisdom. The wisdom was guiding you, which is so much more powerful than having a game plan and a playbook, right? And I know that you teach women that. I want to talk about that. Like, tell these women listening, why is that more powerful? Why is that better? Why is that more freeing? Why does that feel better? But also, how in the world does that, can that make you more money? Mm -hmm. Because it feels scary. Well, it was terrifying. It was so terrifying. And I had, you know, I had a mentor. I had some friends that were able to support me. And obviously my, my husband and my team that was able to carry things out. But like you said, that wisdom, it's, there's a very big difference between knowledge and information in our head and then receiving wisdom in our body. And I really wanted my business and my experiences to be activations and take women through an actual embodiment versus let me just teach you information on how to do something. You know, we can find information. You, we could Google anything that we want right now and find infinite amount of information on something. We are, we're living in a world that we are not short of any information, but we are very short of wisdom. We are very short of our intuition and we are very short of confidently rising into our power and having courage to do that as women. And so when you said that, like the wisdom, like that's very much what it was. It's like, I trust in everything that I've experienced up until this point to guide me to where I'm meant to be. I trust in my spirituality and my co-creations. Like I trust in my power and my courage to bring these to life. And there was such trust in it. And because there's such trust in it, it opened up space for creation. You know, we often want to create things, but we don't have the space. First and foremost, we don't have the space in our mind because it's so busy thinking about all the things that we have to do. And so it allowed me the space to be able to play, to be able to have fun, to be able to courageously create something and put it out there and, and to know because of my teaching, because of my leadership, because of my wisdom, because of my own spiritual practices, because of all of that, of course, it's going to work. You know, and throughout this, of course, there were things to do. And you follow me on social media. I'm on my social media all the time. I'm building a, a platform for leadership. Like I lead women, but I just, I just had that deep level of trust. And so I, re- I really believe that when we've got this deep level of trust, this inner knowing and alignment of who we are, and we create programs and experiences that change people's lives, like really change people's lives. Not just I create these experiences to make money for me, but I create these experiences to really change people's lives. I really think that's such the recipe for success. I, I, don't, I don't think that we can't be successful if that's our recipe. Mm-hmm. So how would you recommend and how would you describe combining the two, right? So if someone listening is like, okay, because some of them right are listening are like, yeah, I'm not there yet. And some are like, oh, I want to be there. And some are like, I already live that way. I live by my gut. I live by my heart. All of that is true. But I also have to have a freaking plan. I do need a playbook, but I want my intuition to be guiding it. Like, how do they do that? My answer is they find someone like you. Like you have to have some sort of a plan. You can't just, you know, manifest by sitting there and saying, I'm manifesting. Which I know you're not saying and in respect to you, I know you're not saying that, but some people might think that that's what we're talking about. 100%. We've got to be doing something to bring it to life. Everyone requires a different plan. Some people's mind wants a plan six months out. Some people's mind, it's like, I'm good with six weeks out or six days out, like whatever that is. So the plan or the doing is bringing that to life. Now, last year, I literally... In, in let's say like February to April, I didn't have much of a plan. And then once I really started to to do life and business that way, I started to form more of a plan. I was like, okay, I know what we're doing coming up. I know we've got this mastermind, this retreat. I know that we have you know, these types of experiences, these offerings. So once I found my my foundations in that, in like this co-creation and in my power and in my business in a new way, the plan started to come to me. Now we have a plan. Now we, we live out the plan. But I also, I also allow my plan to be flexible where, okay, I'm planning on doing this in April, but if something comes to me that needs to come out first, I'm going to trust that that's meant to come out first. 
So it's it's this relationship with our own creation, our own process of, of feminine embodiment and alignment of, of creating. And then our masculine energy of having the courage and the strength and the confidence to bring it to life. So it's like, I receive this idea and then I'm going to bring it to life. I mm-hmm. receive this idea and then I'm going to bring it to life. And then then you can get into launch plans and ideas and how to market and message and all of that stuff. But it really, whenever we receive, then we do something with it. And what we find as entrepreneurs is that people do just for the sake of doing, because we think that the more that we do, the more that we're going to be successful when that's not actually the case, right? The more that we do, it's not the more that, that we are successful. It's the more that we do in alignment the more success that that, that doing brings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking about like myself, for example, and I know I said this to you in your DM one time that I 100% go by my intuition, my gut, I, I feel things, et cetera. I also am honest in saying, I don't want to figure out how to create that course. I will hire somebody. Yeah. And that's where to me, the discernment comes in too, to give yourself permission to say, when I do create this business, my heart's going to guide it. My intuition's going to guide it. There is going to have to be some, okay, I have to do A, B, and C, right? Part of the cookbook. And it's also okay to say, I'm going to hire this person to do this. This person, this thing I do kind of feel called, like I need to figure that out myself. And I'm saying that because I don't want anyone to feel daunted by because in your languaging, it's just so, like, you know how to do all that stuff. Like, I've never learned the behind the scenes stuff, you know, on creating a course and all that. And I know some coaches say, no, you've got to get in there yourself. You've got to learn how to do it yourself. And I disagree with that. Mm-mm. And I've had coaches Same. that I'm friends with say, that's such a weakness to not learn it yourself because then you never really know. And my response is, I would feel like that would feel like death to me. It would feel like suffocation for you, Jen, to say, Jill, I'm your coach. And now I'm going to teach you how to go on your website. And Ugh. no. Yeah. So yes. um, just wanted to ask you to sort of, uh, here I am, I'm saying something and asking you to validate it. Do you agree with that, <laughs> that it's okay to say, you are I don't need to understand how to do that stuff. I can, Jen can show me who to hire for that, or Jen's team can help oh, me with that. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and that's my, my team. It's like, here's what I want to bring to life. And that's my job as the visionary, as the leader, as the, you know, the impactor is like, this is what it is that we're doing and team like take it away. And that's why my team is full of people that can take action, right? It's like the visionary versus the integrators. Like it's my, my team loves to take action. I, if you had to tell me that if I did one thing on the website and did one and edited one video and did this, that I would make a million dollars, I wouldn't care to make a million dollars. Thank like, you. I want to do it. Like, no. And, I, and I've heard that too. I've had coaches tell me that like, you should know everything and then teach the team. And I'm like, I don't want to teach the team. Like you can YouTube anything. They can go learn themselves. Like I don't need to know that. And then if something happened that one of my team members chose to leave, I would leave a grace period so that they could then train the new person so that I don't have to do it. Like oh God, I don't I want love my, that. I love I don't want my hands in everything. That's not my genius. It actually, if we do have our hands in everything, that takes away from our genius. Yes. And then we're not able to fully live in our genius, which we're meant to live in our full genius. Oh, it's so refreshing to hear that. I love that that's your philosophy. If I'm your student, if I'm your client, and I actually say to you, it's not going to take me away from my zone of genius. I actually have always wanted to learn. I'm assuming you'd go then do it. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Only you do what only you can do and what you want to do. Like for me, like my team couldn't sit here and record this podcast with you right now, right? Like my team can't go on my Instagram stories. My team can't teach in my programs. Like my team can't, only Jen can do those things. My team can do everything else. But if I want to do it, I'm like, you know what? It, found, it sounds so fun to learn my website. Then cool. That will add to my life. But like, if it doesn't, no, I don't want, I don't want to be a part of it. Mm. And I love that you mentioned, and maybe you could explain the difference between a visionary and an integrator because I actually don't know much about that. My sister-in-law is hugely successful in business and she said there's a book that I should read, which I haven't read. And I know that I'm a visionary just based on what you just said. Like I many times, and I may have even said this to you, I know the reason I need a business coach when I'm ready is because I have so many ideas, I can't stop them. The idea of executing in my zone of genius, I'll outwork anybody. 
But the idea of executing all that other shit, I'll say, behind the scenes and the this and the that, I'll just sit around and be poor. I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. It's like, I'd rather not make the money. Like, I'd rather not. Yeah. So the, what's um, the difference and how do you know which you are? For sure. So there are quizzes and everything, but I honestly, I have yet to find in one human that's like, doesn't hear the difference. And it's like, that one's me. Like, we, we know this, right? Like, we know to our core what we are. So the visionary is that like the big picture person. The visionary is the one that sees the future. The visionary is the one that makes the big decisions, that sparks the creative innovation and the excitement of the ideas, that maintains the relationships, that does like the the networking and relationship building and all of that stuff. That uh, one thing with the visionary, and this is this, I used to think that this was a downfall for me, but this is what the visionary is: is that we often move from like project to project or idea to idea, or we often we often are like, okay, good, got that, moving on to the next thing. Because we see the big vision for ourselves, for the company, for the world. Like We see this big vision. Now, the integrator is the one that then does the day-to-day things to be able to bring that big vision to life. So they make sure that things are running smooth. They make sure that it gets on the website. The, the video gets edited, whatever it is. Like the visionary has this big vision and then the integrator is like, okay, I'm going to go make the vision come to life. Mm-hmm. They typically operate on logic, on step-by-step, on what is the next thing that we have to do on keeping the timeline together and keeping you know project management type things. That's going to then be the integrator. So when you have a visionary and an integrator together, oh my goodness, because the visionary... Unstoppable. Unstoppable. They dream up this big dream and then... Listen, when we pick up big dreams, we don't really know how it's going to come to life. Like, if we say, like, we want this to look like this in the website, we have no idea how that's going to come to life. But the integrator comes in and is like, oh, I know exactly how to bring that to life. And then they can work together to actually bring the magic to life. Yes. Okay. So, as you're listening, ask yourself what you are. Actually, you don't have to. You already know right now. And neither one is better yeah, right. than the other, right? No visionary could be successful no. without the integrator. And the integrator, is great at what she does and she works even better, I'm assuming, when she's has a visionary in her life because then she can go to that visionary and say, let me make your dream possible. Let me show, because I just had an interior designer at my house today and I talk very much like I'm laughing at myself. If you hear me talk and for five minutes, you probably know my whole personality. And I say things like I said to her today, I have no idea how this is going to work. I have no idea really what I'm saying, but I'm really sure that this end of this room is too heavy and it needs to be bigger. And I want it to be like that dish towel over there. And I literally, (laughs) and she grabbed the dish towel from my kitchen, which was gold yellow with this black and white cheetahs on it. And, Mm -hmm. and she's like, well, what if we actually just do that fabric on that wall? And then she came up with the da, 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 da. And I was like, yes, that's what I was trying to say. Yes. Yes. She's the integrator. You're the visionary. So interesting. Okay, so what happened in your life or what did you choose to do? Or who did you choose to learn from? I don't know what the question is exactly. Mm-hmm. That got you though to the point where you were heart-centered and the, the languaging you're using, I feel like there's either either there was a big epiphany or you stumbled across someone. You're the Midwest girl who clearly you're a visionary by what you just said. But what I'm saying is I can sense there's something else. Like there's a spiritual component. There's something that's a little outside of maybe the typical expectation of a business owner that adds something very special to your business because Mm. that's another reason I was drawn to you. Where did that come from? Well, the heart-centeredness, I really truly that it was always there. In my in my year one, when I was a kindergarten teacher, I had at the bottom, like your signature at the bottom of your email. It was a quote that I saw randomly on a piece of paper that was in order, you must first make a connection with the heart in order to make a connection with the mind. Mm. And so I, I just, I believed that with children, if I could connect with their hearts, if I could genuinely love and connect with them, then I literally could, could understand how they learned. And I could, cause that's what learning is for kids. It's processing of information. That's all that it is. So if I can, can make, make a connection with the heart, then I can make a connection with the mind. And that's why I became a special education teacher. That's why I became an interventionist because all of these teachers that were like, the kid can't learn. He's dyslexic. He's got ADHD. He's autistic, whatever it was, all of these, I, I was like, 
No, you make a connection with the heart, you understand, and then you can actually make the connection with the mind. So that was something that just really just my whole life. I've just, I've just always really just been heart centered. I don't know if it came from my mom, my dad, my, a book, I have no idea, but the whole aspect. So like when I became an entrepreneur, that, that was like, that's just a core piece of my being. That's, a, that's like a fiber of my being as you connect with people's hearts. So when I was in a bunch of like businessmen, business masterminds and stuff, they were like networking. Like how many people can you like, you build these, these relationships that will pay you later on. And I was just like, no, like, I don't, I went to one networking event once and I, I left early. I don't like this. Like this isn't like ever, you know, it's just, it wasn't a good experience. So even from the very beginning of entrepreneurship, it was just in my fiber of like, you connect with hearts, you connect with hearts. Like I would r- much rather have a smaller heart centered community than a huge one where everyone is trying to network in, with one another. But the spiritual piece of me I really believe, I've believed for my whole life that everything happens for me. I've had a lot of hardships in my life, a lot of things that, you know, have, have been difficult to overcome in my life. And I've just always believed, even in, you know, in college, the heat of my eating disorder. I just, I just had a little voice in my mind that was like, this is going to help people. This is, this is happening for you. And I've just always believed that. That's amazing. I mean, to, I've always known that. Do you get that? I mean, that's like, that's not very common. I mean, that's something that people yeah. at some point will, Many people never step into that wisdom, right? They choose to believe that in victimhood, et cetera, forever. But then there are people like me that get it at some point, like, wow, this was all happening for me. But the fact that you knew that for that many years in college, I mean, that's 18, 19, 20, 21 years old. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, thank you. No one sat me down to teach it to me. It was just like an inner knowing, you know? And I think that, you know, my parents divorced when I was a really young age. We always struggled with money and we struggled with, you know, we never could go on vacations or buy anything that we wanted. And, you know, I think that I saw a lot of people in the, in the people that I love that were victims just because they didn't know anything different. And I think I just chose a different path. Like I think my like little, my little soul back then just chose a different path. And I just, it's just what I believed. It was just the core part of me. I just, as hard as it was, I was just like, this is going to help this is going to help me and this is going to help people. And and I remember with my eating disorder, it was like, this is going to help people one day. Amazing. And I was like, well, it didn't make it any easier. You know, it didn't make it any harder to overcome or to to work through, but it, I just, I just knew it. So that piece of me has just really been a core of my being, but the whole spiritual practice has really evolved throughout the last few years of, you know, I remember when I had, I've got a, a good friend that kind of led me into a spiritual awakening, if you will. And from that moment, I started to realize that life and business could be done in the most aligned spiritual way. And that life and business was meant to be done in the most aligned spiritual way. And I I started to realize that my ideas weren't just my ideas coming from within. They were literally co-creations. And that I was always being spiritually guided. I mean, you could like we we both could look back at our life and be like, and that's why that happened, and that's why that happened, and that's why that happened. I just really believe that I'm always spiritually guided and I'm always, I'm always connected. And, you know, growing up, my mom was, would always talk about omens. And when the Cardinal came, it was my grandfather. And when we saw this on the clock, it was my grand, my other grandfather. And so, you know, it was just kind of something that was just fed to me a little bit at a time. And when I came into business, I was like, wait a second, the spiritual laws of the universe and co-creation and consciousness is actually how you're able to succeed to the extent in which you want to succeed and succeed in the way in which I'm not burning out. I'm not getting into, you know, this hustle and this grind culture. Like this is how I, it used to trigger me so much. And women would say like, it gets to be easy. It gets to be fun. I was like, what world do you live in? And then I started to realize like, Oh, the key of that is a beautiful alignment in a very deep rooted spiritual practice. Okay. Now I see it. So you know, that's how I do things now. Like it's a very deeply rooted spiritual practice. I believe that my life is a sacred co-creation and it's my job to live out my impact and help women do what they're meant to do here in the world. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking while you were talking, I the thought came to me where money is the byproduct, but it's never the focus. Yeah. 100%. You welcome it being the byproduct. You're open to receiving it. You know, you deserve it. But it's never the focus. It's not what you lead with. And it's not why you're doing it. As you said, you'd rather not make the million dollars if it were not honoring who you are. So it doesn't sound like from what you're saying that your spiritual awakening wasn't like this huge epiphany. It sounded like you've always had that in your life. 
you know, but whatever happened at that spiritual awakening, you realized, okay, why would business be separate? Why would business be any different? Yes. Why would money be different? Why would money be separate? Mm. Yeah. And very early on, when I first was a nutrition coach, I, you know, I had a, I love the man to death. He's still a friend of mine. And it was very much like hustle and grind culture. It was very hustle and grind. That's all he knew. That's what he taught us. And I very quickly realized that my external world was a direct reflection of my internal world. And from the moment that I became an entrepreneur, I realized that if I wanted to make more money, I had to change my relationship with money. If I wanted to help more people, I had to change my relationship with myself. Like I very quickly realized that. And it's funny because even back then, like I didn't know who Tony Robbins was. I didn't know who Dr. Joe Dispenza was. Like I remember like a friend of mine told, said something about Gabby Bernstein. And I was like, who is that? She's like, you don't know who that is? Or Abraham Hicks. And she's like, you don't know these people? I'm like, no, I don't. So, you know, when I found all these people, I was like, oh, they're geniuses. Okay. I got, of course. Yep. I, I get it now. But it was just very early on that I realized like if I really wanted to, if I want this, I have to become this. And so I always made it like it's just always been an internal game. It's always been a growing of me in order to grow my impact, uh, expanding of me in, in order to expand the amount of money that I can bring in. You know, it's always been an internal game first. I'll share one thing about me just because I think you'll find it interesting as a coach that I can relate, but I also can't relate. So what I can relate to is that I also was very similar backgrounds, even childhoods. It's so funny what you're saying. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I I also realized, yeah, I'm going to be different, not going to be me, not going to live in victimhood. However, the difference between us is that I went all head, not heart. I mean, I, I was just stuck in my head, afraid to be in my own body. My trauma was completely driving the bus with my my life and I didn't even know it. So I didn't have the same outcome as you. I had business success and I made great money, but with so much trauma, you know, and dead bodies and exhaustion and and literally physically crashing my adrenals and, oh my gosh. you know, yeah. hurting relationships and my children missing out on their mother for years and years and years and years and years. So I'm so grateful for what you're doing because, you know, I'm 50. So women finding you at 25, 30, 35, you know, they're not going to have the same outcome. If I had found someone like you so much earlier, who knows? It doesn't, I guess it doesn't matter to look back, but, but I just want to share that with you that that's another way of just reflecting you that how important your work is because as someone older who did kick ass in business and do great, um, and had a happy life and had dinner every day and was a Girl Scout leader and, you know, all that, there still was so much emptiness. Because I was not, I was all, you know, Tony Robbins, mindset stuff. And uh, I want to be careful the way I say this. I would say I was also very trapped by the world of religion and the judgment of all that. Anyway, so it's interesting because we went in completely different directions. Yeah. Right. Only to come and meet each other again that now I believe we probably believe many of the same things. So one thing I would love to ask if you're open to sharing is, with what you shared about your childhood, was part of your spiritual awakening and part of your growth in life and in business also looking at trauma? Like, did you do any work mm-hmm. with anyone helping you recognize what was traumatic and how to get rid of that, get it out of your body? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've had worked with a lot of beautiful people to support me in that, right? Because it's like the human carries, the soul is the one that's limitless and is like, hey, we're here to create magic and live the most extraordinary life. And our human carries a lot of a lot of it, right? A lot of trauma, a lot of stories, a lot of old beliefs, a lot of a lot of energetic blocks, you know. And so, so much of my journey was. I mean, in the beginning, no. In the beginning, it was like, how much can I work and how much money can I make, right? That was just the beginning, and then it really shifted into, wait a second, there's a block here that I need help with. There's a there's a there's a trauma here that I need help with, and I started to really understand. I mean. Divorced parents. My dad was an alcoholic my entire life until the age of twenty. Right, my my parents have been in and out of relationships. My, you know, we've had literally grew up with the most horribly financial stressors and and all of that. You know the the trauma that comes from being the oldest daughter of a family, and I've got to get three jobs the day that I turn fourteen to help. And you know there were so many parts of my childhood that I had to go back and heal from. And I mean, not even childhood, right? Like teenage years, early 20s, before I even was aware of all of this. And so 
I've always been so supported by people that have been able to really help me in that. So whenever it is that I felt the block, I was always like, all right, where's the therapist? Where's the somatic work? Where's the healer? Like, where where are the people to be able to support me in this? Because I'm so proud of everything, of every single thing that I came from, right? Even if it was a traumatic experience, I'm so proud of it. And I'm so proud of my body and I'm so proud of, of me for, for getting out of it because those shaped me to be who I am today. So, so much of my work was rooted and is continuously rooted in healing and, and really being able to expand into the woman that I meant to be and the big leader that I meant to be, the larger leader that I, that I am right now. And I know that if my body isn't up for it, if my body isn't ready to expand into it, even though my mind wants it, then I'm never going to be able to make those dreams come to life. So we've done so much work over here in our household around, around trauma and healing from it. And I'm grateful for it. You know, like I'm, I really am grateful for the work. I'm grateful for the opportunity for us to have people in our life to be able to support us. Cause once we let that go, we can expand even more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing all that. I really appreciate you of being course. so open. I know that those listening really appreciate that, right? Because you're not just a business coach. I think it's really important to see the whole person. Obviously, we don't need to share every detail of our life, but you sharing that you came from that, which I can relate to so much, pretty much all of it. I think it's so inspiring for women to go, hold on a minute. Either their childhood wasn't so bad and they're like, what am I complaining about? Or theirs was pretty bad and they look at you and go, wait, I could have a a career that I love. I could be financially abundant. I could be grounded and happy. And, you know, we talk a lot about trauma on BU because I've learned so much about it and experienced so much in the past couple of years. And I'm really, really happy to hear you acknowledge that, that, you know, if someone comes to you as a client and they want to go ham on this business and they've got all this trauma, I love the fact that you're not going to lie to them and go, just follow this this recipe. I'm assuming you're going to say, Mary, you need to, you deserve to look Mm -hmm. at the impact of this trauma and release it. Because as you said, you can hold so much more I remember learning from Christine that I can't remember exactly how she says it, but those who can transmute and have transmuted a lot of trauma, we have the capacity to hold so much more. No better than, but more than other people. We do. We can hold much, so much more. And I'm just thinking of one friend in particular who's such a candidate for you. And she's, you know, very young. I say very young as if I'm 80. I'm not old, but I'm saying I have a lot of younger (laughs) friends. She's like 32 or something. And she has all these hopes and dreams, doesn't really know what kind of business she'll have, but has so much talent and grit and everything else. And I've known for a while that what's holding her back and feeling restless, and I know what it is. It's the trauma in her body filed away, you know, book after book in every part of her body. And when she gives herself permission to get rid of that, then the creativity comes, right? Then the intuition comes, then the... So if someone does come to you and you can sense that they're not really ready for a business plan, like they want to have a business and you know they're very capable, but you can sense that they really deserve to do some healing, what do you do with them? Yeah, I recommend that. You know, like I really truly... I believe that women come into my world, into my programs, you know, whatever it is that I have in the most aligned divine time. And I believe in women coming into my world in their their highest power and where they're currently at because their power is always expanding as we do. And if someone's not ready for like the the work that we do, like the depth of the work that we do, then I recommend that they I mean I have so many people that I can recommend as far as like trauma healing. I recommend that they go and they they do that deep work. And I and I always allow women to see the love and the freedom and the joy in doing that work because you know this it's not pretty like it's mm-hmm. not, it's not like i'm going to go uncover my trauma and cry my eyes out for 6 hours in my office day it's just like it's not pretty but really find the power of that work and then invite them when they're ready to come back you know because it's mentorship and coaching can be the most transformative experience if we're both ready for it but like if we're both ready and i've joined programs and and had and went in masterminds where i wasn't quite ready and I think that the person running it saw that I wasn't quite ready, but it was a really good sale because I've always willingly invested in myself. Like you don't need to overcome any objections in my world. Like if I, I see it and I want it and I want to learn that, then I invest in it. And so, you know, I've been in situations like that and it didn't feel good. 
you know, it didn't feel good to be sitting in there and like, this isn't what I need right now. This isn't what I want right now. You know, it didn't feel good. So it's my, it's my duty. It's my job that if someone comes in my world and they're not fully ready, that I'm open and honest that, Hey, you might not be ready at this moment. And here are my recommendations and go and do them and, and meet me back here or don't, you know, if it's aligned, that it's meant to be is what I really believe with mentorship. Mm -hmm. I believe that too. And I really respect that about you. I do. So let's wrap with a little chat about money because I'm surprised we haven't really talked about this on BU because I love talking about money. But just quickly, anything you want to share with them or, or ask them to ponder about their relationship with money or their idea about their ability to bring money in and how you help women with that? Mm, I love this. We have so many stories about money. Right, like there are so many things that we're told about money that we have to work harder to have money, that we have got to climb the ladder, that we've got to sacrifice our time, that you can't be a good mom and a good wife and a good business owner. Like, there's so many things that we're told as women about money, and you really think about it, the standard society is really set up that the the men deal with the money and the women don't. Right, it's very set up in a disempowering way for women. So, the first thing that I always love to bring to people's attention is that we all have a relationship with money. And we all have stories about money and we all have a belief about money, but none of those things are, they're rarely ours. They're typically our moms or our dads or our first boyfriends or our ex-husbands or our, our best friends relationship with money. And they pass them on to us. And because we don't have a set strong relationship and power with money, we accept them as our own. Right? Like if I have a child and I have no idea how to be a mother, I'm going to ask everybody in the world that I know that's mom and I'm going to just take everyone's advice and I'm not going to cultivate my own experience of becoming a mother. So it's the same with money. We very rarely are raised as women and even in our 20s, 30s and have someone sit us down and talk about our financial power and what money really is and how we really make it. Like it's, that's not a conversation that we have. That'd be wonderful if we had that school system, but we don't. It's, it's not a thing that we do. So I like to to let women realize that they have stories, relationships, and beliefs with money and help them realize where they came from, whose they are, whose they aren't, and then get them to the truth of money. That what you said earlier, money is a byproduct. Money is an energy and it responds to us. That the depth of our work and the depth of what we lead determines how much money we are able to make. And just really have people come home to what money is and realize how how much of an amplifier it is and to work on their own relationship first to then be able to bring in more and more and more amounts of money. Mm, I love that because I'm, I'm assuming that when you're working with someone, if their relationship with money, if their understanding of money is not what you just described, it doesn't matter what kind of coaching you give them, right? Because they're going to self-sabotage 100%. and somehow block that receiving. And and I also want to acknowledge you for the fact that I, because you know, I was looking for a business coach and I decided I wasn't ready but I'm allowed to be picky. I'm allowed to have high standards. I'm allowed to look and say, I'm going to go with my heart and my gut, but I'm also going to say, I'm not going to pay someone and coach with someone who has generated less revenue than me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. You know, of course, it depends on the, on, the, on the business, right? I was in network marketing, so we can generate a lot more. But I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? And I want to say yeah. to you that I so appreciate the fact that when I reached out, I didn't even know you. And it was could have been a pretty punchy mm -hmm. question. I just said, okay, I have a question you know, so how much revenue is your business done in the last year? And you told me, and I really appreciated and I could feel that you were embodied in the whole topic of money because someone who's embodied with that, even if they decide not to answer the question, they wouldn't be triggered by that question. They know it's an appropriate question. They, they may choose not to answer it, but the response is a response of love. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that that's what you were. But will you share with them? Because I know you've put it public on Instagram. What did this business of yours do? Because when you told me it's only a couple years old, that's the part that's remarkable, Jen. I thought that you've been doing this for quite some time. It's really a cool ending to the story. Thank you. Yeah, I, I only started in in the fall of 2018 with my nutrition coaching business. And then in April of 2020 is when I started my business mentoring business. So I've, I'm... There are days where I feel like I'm a wise owl and then there are days where I feel like I'm a little chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah. So not even two years yeah. for this this new facet of your business. So just listen to that, guys. Yeah. Not even two years yet. Yeah. So last year, 2021, we celebrated a $1.39 million a year. Ah, I'm just like, so, so fucking cool. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it is. 
And I remember when you asked me that. And I remember when you asked me that. And I, you know, I'm always really open with money. I talk about money a lot. I talk about how much money we make. I talk about the other day, I, I talked about, you know, in, in 15 hours, we celebrated $35,000 of revenue coming in in just 15 hours. And I'm so open and that triggers some people. I'm like, why is she talking about money? Whatever it is. And it's like, that's such my work on this planet is to normalize wealth in the hands of women to normalize like money is like sex. It's like, Oh, don't, oh, don't, don't talk about that. And it's like, we all do it. Are you kidding me? Like, why don't we talk about it? Like what? Like money, money provides such an abundance of experiences that we're able, like it provides experiences that we wouldn't be able to have in life without it. And so like, I'm always so open and honest. I remember when you asked me and I, I just openly answered. And I remember thinking to myself, the reason why I've hired all the mentors that I've hired is because they show me what's possible when it comes to money. Like they show me the bigness of what's possible for us as heart-centered women in this world. And so when you asked, I was like, yeah, for sure. I'll tell you, of course. I'm like, you could probably scroll back seven Instagram slides, but I will definitely tell you what it is. So, um, you know, I think we have to normalize this as women, like, like hell yes. It's network marketing. Like you always see where people, you know, how like if they're diamond or wherever they're at, like, you know how much money they made. It's like, we have to normalize this. Like that's such a power that we get to make a lot of money helping a lot of people. And we get to talk about how much money we get to make. We do get to do that. I actually, I'll digress for a second before we wrap. I actually came from a network marketing company where no one was willing to talk about money. It was insanity. No one knew what anyone was making. No one was allowed to talk about it because we were better than the other companies. So I was always like, how much you're making? But I also want to say that I suspect that even if you had not hit even a half a million in revenue, you would have answered my question. Absolutely. I want to be clear mm-hmm. about that because someone could say, well, of course she said it. She's right. You know, it wasn't just that you were so, you, I'll finally say it out loud because I have a number that I think Jill will approve of. I believe that if it was 150,000, you would have said, you know what, Jill, that's a really great question. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm really excited that we just hit 150,000. And you would have explained to me, I believe, like not defending it, but explained why that's significant. And see, yeah. I was just having this conversation with someone recently where it's not the number and it is the number. It's like both. Like it's okay to have that as a qualifier. My my husband knows someone, Jen, who I think this is so funny. And I love it. He has financial advisors pitching him all the time. And he says, send me your tax returns. Mm. He never hears from them again. And they think he's such an ass. And he's like, you're pitching to manage my money, but you don't want to show, give me a break. So my whole thing is if you're a business coach and you talk about wealth, I should be able to ask you that question, you know? So I love that you're empowering so many women to even have the conversation around it. So thank you so much for your time here. Thank you for being with us. I'm really, I'm looking forward to hearing from the women who listen to this on what they got out of this episode. And as you're listening, as I always say, we don't do any advertising. There's no expectation for any kind of a referral. But if anything landed in this episode that spoke to you, maybe you just want to say thank you to Jen for sharing what she shared. Please tag her, put it something on Instagram, send it to your friends. If you're thinking of a friend right now who deserves to hear this episode, don't wait. Like just send her the link right now to the show so that she can hear that. And um, Jen, do you have any parting words as we close? Oh, I just love you. And I'm so grateful that you invited me on here. And to everyone listening, you know, it's, it's, I know Jill, you probably share so much of your story. And I was able to share some of mine wherever you're at, whatever you desire, like it really is a, it's a possibility for you. It exists out there and it's possible. And that's been such a part of my existence of just knowing what's possible, just knowing what's possible. So anything that you desire, it really is possible for Mm, you. It is. So how can they find you? And just if you don't mind, just share a few things that you have to offer. I know they can go to your website, but what are some things you're excited that you're offering right now? Mm, Yeah. So I'm always on Instagram by Jen Kennedy. Um, Two ends. I'm there. I'm there all the time. You'll always find me there. What do we have coming up? We've got a retreat coming up in in May for business owners, which is going to be so much fun. And we've got live programs that happen every single month. So the programs range from social media to sales to building an empire, like having multiple revenue streams, just self-leadership. Like We've got programs all the time, every single month that run. So I always say, come to the Instagram, check out the stories, see where we're at, DM me any questions. And if it's aligned, we would love to welcome you in. 
Hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. 